and welcome to BimmerPod, the podcast for everything BMW. And here is your host, David Barrett. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of BimmerPod. We're delighted that you could join us. And more people are listening with each new episode, so thank you for that. Remember, you could keep up to date by either subscribing via Apple Podcasts or any of the major podcast distributors, or via our website, bimmerpod.com, B-I-M-M-E-R-P-O-D dot C-O-M. Bimmerpod, well, it's about all things BMW, and we try and touch on topics that are relevant to anyone interested in BMW cars and SAVs, and perhaps most importantly, M and other rare models. So, in our last episode, we talked in some detail about the new BMW 3.0 CSL and the history of the E9. We also covered the creation of BMW USA and the motorsport division. If you haven't heard that episode, check it out. It's really fun and interesting. I had a really good time putting it together. In this episode, let's start by talking about the 2024 BMW M3 Competition Sport, or more commonly, the M3 CS. BMW confuses us because sometimes CS is club sport and sometimes it's not. In this case, it's not club sport. That's too common for other cars from other manufacturers. True, when BMW began using the CS title, it did mean club sport. And there have been various models where they have attached club sport. But that changed in 2016 when competition sport was used for M4s sold into the Spanish marketplace. One of BMW's clever tactics is to create halo versions of cars that are already halo versions of cars for all of their models. The 2024 M3 CS is a halo for the Halo M3, which is a halo for the entire brand. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. It it gets to be silly. The M3 competition is already a track-focused car, so this car would be, well... It's got to be pretty special, right? Well, as it turns out, it is. The 3.0-liter straight-six twin-turbo puts out 543 horses. That's 40 more than the M3 competition and 70 more ponies than the standard M3. Torque is the same as the competition at 479 foot-pounds, or for you European mavens, 649 newton-meters. Well, how did they do this? Well, frankly, in much the same manner as anyone who wants to tune their M3. Boost has been raised to 30.5 PSI. The CS gets an upgraded cooling system, new engine mounts, and some software upgrades. Obviously, it hasn't been driven yet by folks like me, but it should be meaner, a growlier, angrier animal on the track with more noise, vibration, and stiffness. That's... Pretty cool, actually, and what's not to like unless you're cruising on Highway 1 and trying to enjoy the sea breeze. If you do cruise, the M3 CS does have rear seats. I would think that they're perfect for throwing luggage into. All of the seats are 
merino leather in black with Magillo red accents and contrasting stitching, so it has that unique M look. The 8-speed automatic, well, it's the only transmission option, but it is hooked up to a rear-biased all-wheel drive system. It even has two four-wheel drive settings, four-wheel drive and four-wheel drive sport. So if you're tired, you can select two-wheel drive, but the ride will still be much stiffer than traditional G80 series models. It needs to lose weight, right? Any bigger, faster, more competition-oriented car needs to lose weight. And BMWs are getting pretty chonky these days. Witness the G87 M2 is just one example. So let's get that M3 CS on a diet. The roof, hood, front splitter, front air intakes, interior miser caps, the rear diffuser, uh, the rear spoiler, the center console, shift paddles, the interior trim, well, they're all carbon fiber. That must make a huge difference. Well, it makes a bit of a difference. Uh, uh, wait a minute, it, it doesn't really make much of a difference at all. All of those changes shed 75 pounds compared to a G80 M3 competition with standard M Sport seats. That's, well, BMW's figured out how to make a heavy car move quickly and to handle really well. So I think we need to reserve judgment. But if you're just looking at spec sheets, if you're one of those, if you're an accountant, certainly it doesn't look all that impressive. The tires alone are worth nearly $1,800 a set. They're 275-35ZR front and 285-30ZR in the rear, all 20-inch, courtesy of Michelin, and in the form of Pilot Sport Cup 2s. Colors, well, there are several. Frozen Solid White, which actually sounds pretty interesting for this kind of a car. Signal Green, Brooklyn Gray Metallic, which is probably going to be the most popular, or Black Sapphire Metallic. I have to say the car looks great in all of those colors. For me, I, I'm, I've never been big on green uh, for a car, I should say. Um, and I have to tell you, the signal green is very, very sharp on this car. Too bad it conflicts with the red accents on the interior. So can you take your regular G80 BMW M3 and build it yourself into an M3 CS? Sounds kind of intriguing, right? Well, BMW says no, that you, j you just can't do it. And, and they don't mean like they're not allowing you to do it. They say it's just not really possible for you to do it. They say some carbon parts might be available, but the suspension is truly unique. The seats are truly unique. And if you've ever tried to change the seats in your BMW, you know that just buying them through the parts department is absurdly expensive because, frankly, they don't want to sell them to you. So the seats in this car are completely unique. The software is completely unique. The gold and yellow headlights are also unique, similar to those on the M4 CSL. And sure, you can get yellow-tinted headlights third-party aftermarket. Um, well, <clears throat> for me, I like the idea of frozen white, as I mentioned. It's different, but works well with all the trim bits and the interior stuff and the black and the red. And after all, the classic colors for M are either black or white. So all of this sounds great. I mean, it sounds like a fantastic car. It's going to be the beast on the track. So how much does it cost? Well, the entry ticket is $119,700. Considering a base M3 is approximately $74,300 to get into driver's seat in 
2023 pricing, those 40 horses, the carbon bits, et cetera, all that stuff is an additional $45,400. And that's before ADM, right? Additional dealer markup. Uh, based on what people are trying to sell the specialized M cars as it is, I mean, I've seen markups that are just stupid, They're just ridiculous. And, and actually nobody sells them for those additional markup things. It's some kind of a marketing ploy to get you to come talk to the general sales manager. Hey, Mr. GSM, I'm going to buy that car, but I'm not going to pay the ADM. Well, of course you're not. I'm going to cut you a deal. The deal that they cut you, of course, is much more than the car actually is supposed to be sold for. So get ready for that kind of backseat action. this worth it? Is the additional, you know, $70,000, $45,000 worth that money? Well, I guess it depends on how badly you need it or probably more accurately how bad you want it. So if you really have a need for a unique limited production car, if you really need to run 0 to 60 in 3.2 seconds, if you have a lust for carbon fiber and in fact you wear carbon fiber underwear, well, these are questions only you can answer. Do you think... BMWs might do a little ADM math for their respective allocations. Uh, did you notice that interest rates are as much as 7% pending on where you go? That's That makes car purchases expensive. And the money is not cheap and available the way that it was even just a few years ago. So if this is a cash car purchase, and it sounds like it, it pretty much is, then, then I would actually hire a security firm to come with you to the dealership, open a brief, briefcase um, in front of the general sales manager with the MSRP as the sales price and tell him, here's the cash, take it or leave it, and uh, see if he responds in 3.2 seconds. So I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Is this is a cash purchase car, and it's not for somebody who's trying to get their first M or trying to finance a car with as little down as they can, or even to lease it. BMW will build approximately 1,000 G82 M4C SLs, so we'd guess a similar number of this particular M3 CS might be built worldwide for this Halo upon Halo upon Halo monster. BMW M's CEO, Frank Von Miel, says the total number will relate to demand and how many they can build in a 12-month period. So he's leaving the door open to all kinds of math. So this will be a 2024 model only, and my guess is that BMW may be able to build a maximum of, well, maybe 2,000 M3 CS models in a 12-month period. We'll see. Oh, by the way, the BMW blog has a really nice video on the new M3 CS on YouTube, so you can go check that out. ago, I was parked at a local sports complex to play some pickleball, and a guy in an M5 noticed my 2021 M2 competition. 
he came right over and said, hey, how's it going? And asked me, you know, do you like it? Do you like the car? I told him it was a smile machine and that I loved it. Uh, I've had a, a lot of M cars, and, and except for my original 1988 E30 M3, this has to be my favorite. So I told him all the good news, and he was really interested in walking around the car and looking at it, and he asked if he could sit in it and so on. And, and then he told me that he was debating between getting a brand new Cayman GT4 Porsche or finding a used F87 M2 competition or M2 CS. He was not interested in the G87. And this is something that I've heard a lot of recently. I think it's unfair at this point in time, now that the G87 M2 is out, for us to, to really bang on it as much as people have been. Um, but it is an interesting little factoid that a lot of people who are interested in true competition cars who have experience with them really prefer the F87 to the G87. The new G87 M2, you know, it has a totally different take on the kidney grills. It has a totally different take on its stance. It's wider and it's certainly heavier. Um, but that's part of the change, right? It's part of the design change. The philosophy is changing. Uh, the overall language is changing. And in fact, BMW is putting everything into the change machine. Their entire media and creative efforts are also up for review. That means social, CRM, advertising, all the creative is up for grabs in 2023. Um, we'll hear about what their either re renewal with their current agency or replacement of that agency is pretty soon. If you're an electric vehicle fan, BMW continues to work on delivering new electric vehicles. Unfortunately, some of them will not make it to America, including but not limited to the iX1. That's a shame, as that smaller SAV would likely sell like hotcakes here. I know that in our household, we've got an i3 SRX, and we would replace it with an iX1 immediately. I don't know how we feel about any of the other electric BMWs right now, except perhaps the i4 series sedan. There's some interesting news there. First of all, these sedans are freaking fast. They're under four seconds to 60 miles an hour. They've got nearly 600 pound-feet of torque, and you might need to start Formula One driver neck exercises if you're going to drive that car a lot in a spirited way, because add in 50-50 weight distribution, and this is a car that is confident and quick. I really, truly enjoyed driving it for an afternoon and... I have to tell you, um, it's very surprising to be kind of a a non-M car, right? It's kind of it's an M Sport, right? The i4 M50, um, which is kind of the top of the line. It's range, though, you know, it's about 220 miles. And whereas the i4 uh, 35s, they're about 270 miles. So it's it's important to kind of figure out the real world numbers and to think about all the other factors if you're going to get an electric car. But speaking of EVs, it is rumored that future BMW electric vehicles could develop as much as 1340 horsepower. What? That's a lot. Speaking of rumors, the next gen 8 series coupe is likely to be electric. Along the same lines instead of the next gen X4 expect to see an iX4 instead. 
And well, most of you are aware of this. The next M3 is going to be most likely an IM3, the first true M electric sports car. I don't know how a sports car can be truly enjoyable if there's no engine engagement. Uh, it's like, well, have you have you driven a go-kart? If, for those of you that have driven a go-kart, right? So uh, whether it's 80 or 100cc, but the, like for me, the ultimate go-kart to drive is a 125cc shifter kart. So if you've driven one of those, that's like the closest thing to driving uh, an Indy car or a Formula One car is something that is just like beyond what most of us would ever think about, right? Um, so then have you gone to one of these sports complexes that have electric go-karts? Sure, they're fun, but they're nothing like a go-kart with a motor. So that's that's a big deal for us to think about, right? Well, we'll see. Future M models, by the way, may get flat-bottom steering wheels, kind of like a la Audi, I think that would be pretty cool. Also, if you're using a public DC fast charger, you should get about 97 miles with 10 minutes of charging on the new i4s. That's pretty good, but it would be even better if you could get 200 miles for 15 minutes. We'll have to wait for that for a bit because once they hit that standard, that kind of like 200 miles for 15, maybe even 20 minutes, then you can like stop, charge, and Use the bathroom, get some food, even if it's fast food or whatever it is at the quick quick mart, and you're back on the road, and it's not like you really had to stop and hang out for a while. Of course, they have to make sure that there are enough chargers so that you don't have a queue of 15 or 20 cars and you're waiting two or three hours just to get to the charger, which is, unfortunately, something that we have experienced in our i3S Rex. We've also experienced that about... Mm, 50% of the public chargers we stop at are busted, like in not working at all. Racing season is in full swing, as you know. So, although the BMW M Hybrid V8 didn't have a great run during the Daytona 24, the LMDH prototype class is having teething problems that will go away in the coming races. Um, but we're seeing them improve, right? Getting to the podium. We'll be watching closely and suspect that BMW Design Works and Delara are burning the midnight oil to get to the top step. So, that wraps up this episode of BimmerPod. I really appreciate your time. I hope you're learning a few new things about your fave automotive brand, BMW, and enjoying my take on things as well. Remember, you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts or anywhere you might get your podcast shows. Don't forget to visit us at BimmerPod.com for the latest on podcasts, events, and much more. I'm your host, David Barrett. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.